The Majesty's Men is a multifaceted enterprise for maximizing men and glorifying God. We wage war together as men for men, promoting the patriarchy by equipping and encouraging Christian men to throw off indolence and passivity, embrace virtuous masculinity, take dominion and protect, provide and preside as the adopted sons and heirs of God's kingdom we are. The Majesty's Men hosts the Honor God Network, an alliance of exemplary men in their ministries, projects, businesses, and churches all around the world. In this weekly show, we speak with the numerous men of the Honor God Network, along with special guests and friends of the network, all about the understanding and application of God's timeless truth to the timely topics and events of today. We seek to work out godly wisdom on mission as men in every domain of life, leading and blessing our families, churches, and societies as we go. We seek to unashamedly apply every bit of God's word to every bit of God's world, creating culture and building Christendom so that we, or those who come after us, may see every knee bow before our King as we fill the earth with the glory of God for the good of all people. Join us in the fight and the fun. Welcome to the Majesty's Men Show. This is the very first episode, and we are excited about what is going to be taking place over the next, you know, hopefully... Most of us are post-mill. I don't know. I think all of us are probably post-mill. So over the next 100 years of the Majesty's Men Show, we're excited about what's going to be going down. Today, I'm with Riley Voth and with Scott Tungay. How are you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Top notch. Doing great. Top notch and doing great. That's pretty great. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then, Riley, we're going to pitch it to you. And you just tell us what this podcast, what this show, what we're doing here. And we're excited to, to have a conversation about it. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we recognize that you are in charge, that you are supreme. Jesus, we thank you that you are the King of Kings, that you are the Lord of Lords. You have all authority in heaven and earth, and we want to submit to that authority right now. You are the master, we are the servants, and we want to follow in your footsteps. And so lead us in this discussion, lead us for this show. We thank you for the opportunity that we have with a group of men that you've brought together. And we trust that this is going to be helpful to to other men. We want to raise up godly young men godly older men to be the patriarchs to be the men that you've called them to be and to bring life to those who are around them to see the kingdom of god spread to those that are around them and god help us to take ground take square footage take this world for your glory that's what we want to do and so lead us in this discussion we trust that you're going to it's in jesus name that i pray amen 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 riley tell us about it man what are we doing here yeah i'll i'll tell you from uh my construction site sitting here. Uh, it's a, this is a funny. Um, I think I believe the plan will be to have video posted as well. So if you're listening to this on podcast, just know there's a video and I, I have a very odd background right now, but it this, it plays in well. Well, why don't you just go ahead and tell us what you're doing? Because that's a great side hustle that you got going on. That's really your main hustle. But why don't you go ahead and just tell us what you're doing? Yeah, it's hard to describe what my main hustle is these days. I have like four main hustles, but but um yeah, I'm sitting in a construction site right now of my own making where um, I'm renewing a shop on Main Street on the main intersection of this little town that I grew up in. And uh, and basically, it was just in terrible need of some TLC, tender loving care, and was in a bad state of uh, a bad way. And this is a shop that a bunch of old men used to hang out in and get their hair cut and talk sports and drink soda and whatnot. And I used to come here as a kid and, and I always wanted a little glass bottle out of the soda thing. And, and I, I love this place. I have a lot of nostalgia here and it was in need of um, care big time. 
And so I'm completely gutting it and renewing this place. And it's going to be a really nice salon when I'm done. And so I do a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, you know, if, if you've heard any of my episodes with Jared on your podcast, The Shepherd's Crook, um, this is something that I do. I, I renovate homes and stuff. And we're going to talk a lot about this as men, you know, renewing things around us and building and creating. And so that'll, that'll come into play a lot because that is the paradigm I come from. I used to pastor and now I do mostly this. So it's interesting. I'm set up here in the construction site to talk about this. And I'll just segue straight into like what this show is going to be from that. Cause so we wanted to make a show where, you know, we do talk about doctrine. We do talk about theology. We do talk about all this, but we also talk about application, like real world stuff where, you know, not every man is a pastor and good men of God do a whole lot of things in a whole lot of domains and take dominion in their, with their gifts that God has given them outside of pastoral work. And a lot of us are pastors and do still do pastoral work or elders um, or desire to be, but we also, you know, lead our families and lead society. And, and so we're going to talk about all sorts of domains of work and, and how we live them out as men and lead our families and lead our churches and lead society and the interplay of this. And that's what this show is going to be all about. Um, you know, the Majesty's Men started in 2013 from uh, a little men's ministry that I was running of a bunch of college guys. And we had a solid group of guys that would sit and converse about theology and life. And we didn't know anything. Like all, all I knew at the time was, was manhood in America is jacked up. It's not biblical. It's not right. Things are missing. I didn't know what was missing. And through the Lord's grace over the last, what's it been now, eight years, we have explored that and God has put a lot of solid men into my path and have really helped me and a lot of solid information. And we're going to be interviewing a lot of those guys on the show. We're going to be bringing in guests. We're going to be bringing in stuff. And the, the majesty's men grew from this multi-author blog, exploring what does it mean to be a man to saying, okay, I think we know what it means to be a man. And now let's platform more of these men who also know it and are exemplary men like this. And so we started just giving all of our resources that we had built to these other guys and saying, here, you've got a blog, you've got a ministry. Now we're even saying, you've got a church. Let us empower you with this technology and platform your, your uh, media and your businesses, your ministries and so we now have this thing called the Honor God Network, where we host all these amazing men. There's dozens of them ranging in a wide range of age. I think our youngest is 23, Derek, and he's just crushing it as a 23-year-old sharp young guy, all the way up to like, you got Gabriel Hughes out there pastoring with Tom Buck. Uh, he might be our oldest at this point. We've got some older men we're talking to. I, I won't name drop them yet, but uh, so we're growing like crazy. We have this wide array of bold biblical men that are making feminists mad and doing amazing work. And we're going to talk to all of them. We're going to, we're going to learn from them and have conversations that apply, you know, the timeless truths and doctrine um, and principles that we know from all of God's word and apply it to all of God's world. And these guys are just phenomenal at it. Uh, the honor God network men are amazing men that I've learned so much from. And I'll just, I'll say this. I was reading, it's funny we're even recording this now because just yesterday I was reading in First Chronicles. I was hit, like you guys know of the sons of Issachar. And um, there's this amazing phrase in there. Um, it just describes them as like, there's not a lot we know about the tribe of Issachar. It was one of the 12 tribes. And 
it just says this about him. It said they had the understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And I was just like, that is a phenomenal phrase. That is so cool. If we were known as that on the majesty's men and all the guys across the network. And if this show was just all about that talking to mighty men of valor who had understanding of the times to know what our society ought to do, that would be just an excellent thing to be known as. And uh, that's what I want this to be all about. And that's what we've, we have are striving to be all about on the majesty's men and the honor God network or those kind of men. And so, um, there's a lot more I could say about that, but I mean, I think that's just a pretty good yeah. Uh, yeah. introduction to, to the idea here. That's good. And, and Scott, we'll pitch it your way here in a second. So how this is going to work as, the, as a show is that I'm going to be coming on as the lead host, and then we're going to have a rotation of guys from the Honor God Network that's going to be coming on as co-hosts. They're going to be on anywhere from once to twice, possibly three times a month. And so Scott's going to be one of those guys. Riley's going to be one of those guys. Brian Sauvey is going to be a regular co-host as well, and also Bo Hutchis. And then periodically, we're going to pull in different guys from inside and outside of the network. And so we've got interviews set up with C.R. Wiley. We've got interviews set up with Doug Wilson. And we're going to have other guys that, that you know, if you're listening to this, you're knowing the kind of the, the tribe that we're talking about. And if you know the name Riley both, if you know Scott Tungay, uh, okay, you know exactly what the show is going to be like. And so it's going to be helpful. And I think we're going to be learning from a lot of different, a lot of different guys that's going to be helping, helping us understand a lot of different things. And so Scott, why don't you go ahead and tell us he's in the Honor, Honor God Network. Tell us about yourself and man, what you're about and why you're excited about being a part of this work. And what, what do you think this is going to be able to contribute? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of shows out there. So, so why start, why start another? Yeah. You know, I think, I think for me, the biggest thing you, you see uh, with dominion guys, with patriarchal guys, with just reformed guys who, who are done with, you know, clown world and like, God, am I the only guy, you know? And so we, we start finding each other on Twitter or on Gab or on uh, YouTube or whatever. I'm like, okay, this guy's fighting, you know, this guy's fighting. Um, but we, we still kind of feel isolated. And, and what I'm so excited about is, is getting guys who are, you know, kind of the flagpole or the lightning rod, uh, you know, the guys in the media domain, the ministry domain who are actually doing stuff to get them all in like a big tent and kind of get all of our guys, you know, in a, in a place together of like, we're not alone. There's 7,000 other guys. Uh, you know, I think so often uh, we struggle um, whether it's, you know, politically on the right, but even in ministry as well of this kind of, I've got to guard my guys to make sure they don't, they don't go and find Riley and, and think Riley's cooler than me. And it's like, no, 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 please, for the love of God, find Riley. And like, how can we share tools with each other how can we share encouragement with each other because it's no longer a war between all the tribes of you know all these cool dudes who have their own followings it's like hey chaps we we're actually all you know in a war uh let's let's fight in the same direction let's let's pull and 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 push in the same direction uh, i think that's what i'm just so pumped about you know is is getting guys who are already doing things in their domain differently to how i would do it you know i i see my domain primarily uh media you know uh, Riley, right now you're crushing in the economy. Jared, you're crushing in, in ministry. And, you know, it's, it's finding all these guys together of like, how can we uh, work our gifts together um, towards a great thing? And that's what, man, I'm just so excited about of, of going on the offensive with a bunch of other guys who are, are fighting uh, as well as hard. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Riley, go for it, man. Yeah, I, I was going to say, this is a funny analogy. And if, 
it's a it's a bit of a silly analogy, but I've been using it a lot because I feel like it describes well what we have made. And and it's like it's funny because I can't even take credit for this. God has just guided the steps into this formation of things. And I all I've done is said, hmm, that seems like a great idea, God. Let's let's capitalize on this more. Let's lean into this more. But but I use this analogy. If you guys are familiar with the Marvel movies that have been so big the last decade or so, there's this enormous ship in one of them called the Helicarrier, you know, and it's like a it's like one of those big carriers that you see in the Navy that they launch all these jets from. But this is like a helicarrier, right? It can float or it can fly. And in the movies, it flies around and it's absolutely monstrous, right? And this ship is kind of the headquarters of this enormous network of people and, you know, warriors protecting Earth and whatnot. And if you're not into Marvel movies, good for you because it's a massive waste of time in many ways. But, um, and I'm certainly no Marvel geek, but I saw that and I was like, that's an interesting analogy for so much of like what we are trying to do with the Honor God Network is we've built this massive infrastructure and from it, we can launch out tons of exactly what Scott was saying, tons of like other great, you know, destroyers and jets and ministries and and just men that are going to go out and crush it. And they can use our support as much as they want, or these are phenomenal guys on their own that can go out and take ownership and do things on their own. But they know we're here to support them. We're here to connect them. We're here to like bring this like sort of institutional power that has to be reckoned with by society. And that, I think that's so much of what we have missed as Christians for the last century. We had a country that was a phenomenal, like not perfect, but founded on Judeo-Christian roots by bold biblical men and, and, or at least men that knew they needed to honor God. And there was a God above them that they were not it. And we have lost that. And Christians have stepped out of the public domain. And we now try to be sort of this false pietistic, like, oh, we don't speak to politics. It's just, and, you know, all these things. And, and I want to say, let's come back and like, let's build an institution that people have to reckon with. You know, we may not be the greatest. We may not be the, like, get everything perfect. But, but we are going to be something that clown world you know, the satanic domain of darkness and the world that is going on in our society is ruling our society right now has to reckon with. And I think that's exactly what Scott was saying. Like when you band together, you can form that. Um, And so, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's really good. And here's the deal. I think right now we're we're using the phrase clown world. I love that. I I originally got that from Scott. I've been, I I think I said it in my sermon this Sunday, talked about clown world. I love it. So I've, typically rip Scott off or other guys as well. Um, but it is a helpful thing because you think clown world and you look out and you look around you and you, you got your, your nose in the scriptures and you look up and you look around and think that's crazy out there. This is truth. And one of the things that's been helpful for me to think through is that the more inundated, the more familiar I am with the scriptures, the more I'm going to question the world, the more familiar I am with the world, the more I'm going to question the scriptures. And one of the things I think that's happened in in evangelical circles with manhood and with this war on men is that we have equated with contextualization with tim kellerites with gospel coalition with the third way with the middle way we have equated uh, evangelism with public witness and being liked or appreciated or respected by the world and if you're wanting to be respected by the world and the world turns into clown world where the common grace of god continues to just as God preserves a society and, and he begins to pull, pull back the reins a little bit and clown world becomes more and more and more of a clown world. Well, passages like 
what Jesus tells us, if they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. Well, with modern evangel evangelistic missiology, you're not allowed to be hated by the world. If you're hated by the world, you're doing something incorrectly because you're, you're losing your relational capital with the world. But here are you guys and other guys that I've been learning from, and this is what I've stepped out of over the last several years, is you, you got to get to the point where you don't care what clown world thinks at all, or you will disobey God to preserve some sort of weird, twisted public witness that is, is dishonoring to God. And so if you're talking about building institutions that doesn't care what clown world thinks, but it's in the midst of clown world, we're in the world, but not of the world. Okay, so let, let's think through that a little bit. I, Scott, I'd love to hear your thoughts on building institutions. And, and here we are gathering together with a digital you know, show. But I mean, practically, why in the world are we going to be building institutions in the midst of clown world? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest psyops that, that we've, you know, apart from what you said, of kindness, you know, kindness being a, a Christian's number one fruit, that's a huge psyop. But a second psyop is libertarian thinking, you know, this thing of like, well, let's just retreat, let's just non-aggression. Um, and I think, you know, and, and, and with that individualism, like radical individualism, like I'm just, I'm just me, don't care about family, don't care about community, I'm just going to run off and, and look after myself. And that's kind of permeated through Christianity and conservatism in that we do everything as an individual. We attack as an individual. We defend as an individual. We build as an individual. Whereas our enemies are still very much, they understand institution. Institution, you know, this started with corporatism back in the 1600s or whatever, where a bunch of businessmen were like, well, if we form a company, an institution, we, we, we don't take any of the risk on for ourselves. We're protected from legal stuff. And, and this amazing thing was born called institutional warfare. You know, you can do things as an institution that will get you killed as an individual. Likewise, when you look at royal families, royal families never make proclamations as I say this. It's we, the royal we. We, the royal family, proclaim this to be law. And when we execute justice, we execute justice. You know, when a policeman is doing his job, he's not doing his, policeman, his police work as, you know, a Scott Tunge, I'm shooting guys. That's vigilantism. It's the badge. It's, it's I am, I'm, a, I'm a part of an institution. Therefore, and unfortunately, you know, our clown world is, is destroying good institutions. You know, so cops nowadays, they, they take the bad of the institution um, instead of, you know, being protected by the institution they're thrown under the bus. But we as Christians need to understand institutional power. So three or four guys coming together to do a media project, we're now building an institution. You know, three or four guys coming together to do an investment project, they're now building an institution. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much power when guys come together to do something because it's no longer the me, it's, it's the we, you know? And, and there's, this, there's this insane power. You don't attack institutions as an individual, you attack institutions as an institution. And so that's what I'm really excited about is, is changing that mindset of, of individualism. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Riley, go for it, man. Yeah, you, you mentioned libertarianism, and I thought that's such a good point because, I mean, this is the Majesty's Men show. Our, our uh, primary target audience is men, right? And, and for, for many good reasons, because uh, we all believe, <laughs> patriarchal here, men are the ones that are called by God to lead society and influence society. And I think libertarianism is especially alluring to men because when we see things jacked up, it's easy to start thinking, 
okay, I'm just going to pull back. I'm going to, I'm going to handle my world and I'm going to take an individualistic, strong approach. And a lot of strong, good men get sucked into libertarianism. I was for a few years. I mean, even just really recently, the last few years, I really got into a lot of libertarianist takes and was like, really like, okay, this is it. Like, yeah, I'll love my family. I'll love my church. I re I see that in the Bible, but like libertarianism is the way I don't like what the Republicans are doing. I don't like what the Democrats are doing. And it's very alluring to men because you can kind of own stuff yourself and say, I'm going to worry about me. You guys worry about you and, and I'll handle it. And a lot of men do, that is the way they, they work. But I think you're spot on with like, no, um, the, the world out there against us understands the power of institutions. And I don't know if you guys uh, caught this, or if you ever listened to the masculinist or our audience might, uh, Aaron Wren with the masculinist newsletter and podcast. I don't always catch everything he says, and I don't always agree with everything he says, but I, I think he has great analysis. And sometimes I think he, uh, I think he, I think he pats people on the shoulder and says, oh, that's not good when he ought to give them a, a good uppercut to the chin. But I mean, again, different takes, different people. I think he does great analysis and I learn a lot from him in, in the way he, he does engage society and stuff. But one of his recent episodes was about, uh, it, I didn't realize it was going to be about institutional power. I think the, the headline is, and, and guys could go listen to it again, we're not all about us. Like there's a lot of other great men out there. Go listen to this if you want. I think it was called, if you're arguing substance, you've already lost the fight. And it came out, I think in April. And I was like, that's an interesting headline. So I listened to it. And what he ended up explaining was what we see is that you can argue facts and substance all day long. If you're doing that, you've probably already lost because the real power in society is institutional power. And leftism gets this. That's one thing that the super demonic, crazy leftism of clown world, they understand. They band together when there's like 3% or less of the population that actually believes this thing. And most of the population is absolutely against it. This little loud group will form institution and affect all the institutions. And then all the institutions start telling us this and all the rest of the country just kind of bows their heads and says, Oh, I suppose that's what everyone wants. I'll just, you know, whatever. And it's so true because you can sit here and say, no, facts, logic, you know, look at reality and all this. And it's like, it does not matter because they've got the institutional power. They've got the persuasion here that comes with not just telling you, here's what's right. Like the power is to actually say, here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. Here's who's good. And here's who's bad. And most people, and this seems like so demeaning to say this, but it's just reality. Most people just go, okay, they're in charge. Therefore, that's what must be true. It's a thing of authority, Riley, what you're, you're describing there. You know, we are hardwired by God to, to want authority. You know, the, that centurion comes up to Jesus and he's like, I'm a man under authority. I say, go, I say, come, they come. You know, my higher authority says to me, go, I go, come, I come. We naturally understand this as men. Authority is built into our DNA. And that's where this thing of the normie, you know, comes along is that, we naturally want institutions. You know, that's what the church is. The church is an institution. The man who has the pulpit now has the authority and the responsibility to tell people, guys, these are the norms. You know, you should be from the Bible. These are the norms that we are going to follow as an institution. And then you bear the sword. You, 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 you punish what is outside the norms and you reward what is inside the norms. You know, same with a business. If you are the leader of the business, here's the norms of how we operate. You know, if you have a media, we're, we're casting a vision. We're saying to you guys, these are the norms. And when people look at these different institutions, they go, is that institution strong enough 
to protect me if I come under their norms. You know, so you go to uh, some big Ivy League university, you're coming under the norms of that institution. And if you're still, uh, you know, trying to live your homeschool, in, you know, norms that your father was instilling you, this hierarchy is going to punish you. They're either going to kick you out or they're going to have reprisals against you. And it's like, are you a king? Can you just, you know, just I'll take it. I can take it because I'm a king. Like not many of us have that energy from that young to be like, yeah, I can take it. And I'm just going to be in this institution and, and take the authority on. Most of us are just like, okay, like I'll, I'll just bow to authority because there's no other authority elsewhere that is going to protect me from this reprisal. Yeah, that's good stuff. And when we think about libertarianism and the idea of I can take care of myself, I'm autonomous, I'm my own authority. I think there's several factors that are that are missed that, you know, the kingdoms that we build are not ultimately for us, that we are men under authority. You know, we do have a king that's above us and we have a mission that's beyond us. And so so often that trap, as I'm hearing you guys talk, it's about it ends up being about getting mine, what I want, getting my vision to come to, to fruition. It's not casting off responsibility. Each of us will have to carry our own load. We all have burdens to bear as we bear one another's burdens. But this, this mission that God has given us and why we need each other is because we have a global and eternal vision that God has given us that's not going to come back until the consummation of all things. It's not going to end until the consummation of all things. And then we have delegated authority for eternity. So the, the final state includes, still includes authority. It still includes reigning and ruling. But until then, we have, we're, we're men under authority, and we have our marching orders, and we've got to follow those marching orders for the good of the world, good of our family, good of ourselves, and the good of the world. And so I think that that's so true that, that being able to bond together, band together to do this mission together, that we, we all have something as we follow Jesus. And why we all don't need visionaries is because Jesus is a really good visionary, and he has given us a mission to follow. We don't have to come up with our own mission. We don't have to come with, up with and it, this has practical implications for us as a church. You won't find at our church a mission statement or a vision statement because Christ has given us a vision, a vision statement, a mission statement. And so we get in line with our visionary. So the institution that we want to be, build within our church or congregation, it, we want it to be for the good of the city, first for the good of our, our families, for the good of our city, for the good of the world. And it goes out from there. And I think that's, a, that's the same thing with, you know, there is no secular sacred divide. So any institutions that are built, this isn't simply for us. It's not just for ourselves. Yeah, I, okay, so the really cool thing, you know, you mentioned this at the start was, is that most of the men in the Honor God Network, and I just want to speak to the, again, the caliber of the men here, because exactly what you're saying there, Jared, is like, this is what the men get in the Honor God Network. This is what makes all these guys so potent in their domains and powerful in their, in their domains and their ministries and their families. They get that there is a king above them that they serve who already has all authority on the earth. And, and it's funny because like even 2020, I, I've joked and said, 2020 seemed like such a terrible year, right? I saw more men become post-mill in 2020 than ever. And it was amazing. It was like sort of this ironic thing that happened where these guys were like, okay, look, the world is in shambles. Everything seems to be falling apart. And everyone was like, you know, joking, like sure looks pre-mill now, you guys still post-mill. And all these guys were like, well, I wasn't until this year. And it was just crazy because like, I mean, and, and that was me too. I've, I've often joked, I've said, I, I've been saying for like two years, oh, I'm about a month or two away from coming out as full on post mill. And I've been saying that for like two years now. And, but it's funny because that is my default. Like, 
you know, I can't explain every facet of it as well as a lot of guys in the network can, but it, it's my default operating mode is, is again, Christ has all authority. Let's act like it. And instead of what evangelicalism in America has been for the last century, which is like, let's just kind of plead with you and be winsome enough and like try to convince you like, like maybe don't you see how great it would be if you, if you came under his authority, there's a lot of men here that have started stepping up and saying, no, let's just like tell you that you are under his authority, whether you like it or not, it's, it's probably just time you go ahead and bow your knee and improve society. Cause look, look how it's working with, when you're not acknowledging that. And this is what's so amazing is most of the guys in the honor God network, I, I can't speak for all of them. I don't know if they're all post mill, but the majority of them are. And it's a funny thing. Cause it's not like, you know, we would, we would welcome a, a solid biblical man in that's not, but this is the take that you're going to hear a lot. And that's why I'm saying this. You're going to hear from, from the guys in the network and many of the guests we bring on this stance of like, we are taking this world because, because it's already been won. Like there is a king who is over all of it. And the original tagline of the Majesty's Men was adopted sons and heirs of the kingdom. Like it's time we start acting like that because we haven't been. Yeah, that's really good. And, and also to speak into what, what you're hitting on there, Riley, as well, is that it's such an assortment of men. We've been so conditioned, you know, to purity spiral against guys who don't believe exactly what we believe, you know? And it's like, oh, you wear green to church? Well, we're, we're done, you know? And, and it's like, whatever our little purity spirals are, I think we're getting to this place with, with the Honor God Network, which is great because it's not a church. You know, it is good to have certain purity spirals within a church, you know, because it's like, chaps, this is our local uh, 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 fellowship. Like, we, we have to kind of believe, you know, 90-10 over here. But because we're not a church, we're, we're, a, we're a network of men. We're, we're, we're basically a, a war HQ. You know, it's like, chaps, there's a war going on. We can, we can kind of get by with what are the things that we all agree on right now? You know, patriarchy, dominion you know, uh, Christ is King. We are not victims. You know, you're going to have this broad array of guys. And it's like, yes, these guys wear green to church on a Sunday. I don't agree with it, but by God, are they fighting? Let's fight together. And I think we're going to deal with this purity spiraling kind of, uh, peacetime, uh, junk that has gone on for the last however many years and, and kind of forge ahead with guys who, who, you know, I'm, I would, I probably would never go to church with them, but but man, do I enjoy fighting with them. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I mean, think about John MacArthur. Think about James Coates. I'm thinking about my buddy, my buddy Joey Hawkins down in Anna. That's a town 30 minutes south of where we're at. He's a Christian church guy. Okay, John MacArthur's a, a dispensationalist. You know, I, I used to have a love-hate relationship with Johnny Mac. I still kind of do. I think everybody probably does. But you see James Coates. He, he's, a, he's a dispensational premillennial guy as well, I believe. And yet both of them are coming on, under the Lordship of Christ and saying, what Jesus says goes, I don't care what the magistrates above me say. Uh, and even if people have not read Matthew Trujillo's Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, even if they're not quoting Rush Dooney, which everybody is right now, and, and for, for good reasons, even if they're not, they don't have the patriarchal language, people are finding people across denominational lines who are standing and saying, you know what, the last year I'm done playing games. Whatever, whatever the scriptures tell me to do, I've got my arch, my marching orders. And I honestly, I do not care at all what anyone thinks. I want to honor the Lord. That is, I mean, it's exciting. So I'm thinking about, you know, as, as you're talking about the, these, these purity spheres or whatever, you see that everywhere. I mean, how many people have come together across denominational lines and recognized 
or even in the SBC, what we're dealing with right now, I, I, give me an Arminian that, that hates Calvinism, you know, that, that is anti-Calvinistic, but he loves the scriptures and he wants the churches to meet on Sunday morning, even when their mayors are telling them not to. Okay, I'm going to get in the trenches with that guy because I know he's going to fight for the basics of honoring the Lord in, in the Lord's Day gathering. He's going he's gonna to be willing to fight. And for a guy that's willing to fight versus, you know, a guy like, like, you know, the nine marks guys who are taking this diplomatic approach and not gathering for eight months because they're going through the appeals process of the courts. Give me the guy that's willing to fight over, you know, guys that I've learned from like Mark Dever and Jonathan Lehman, Lehman for, for a decade. Give me the guy over here, Joe Schmo, that is, you know, getting cuffs on and going in the cop car because he's willing to honor the Lord, you know, and, and that's what we're finding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was saying at the start, it would be awesome to be known as the sons of Iskar are recorded in scripture of, of men of understanding, like who can understand the times and know what Israel ought to do. Here's how you become that. It's the fear of the Lord. Like we are told the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's how you get there. So it goes back to Jared, you were saying this earlier, you fear God, not man. And that's how you grow in understanding and wisdom. And what we have seen far too much of is really a fear of man that's been cloaked in a lot of noble things. Like Jared, you always say, like, you know, on the, you know, public witness and all these like kind of noble sounding, love your neighbor sort of things. And it's, and it's been really deceptive. I mean, it worked on me for years and years and years uh, where I would read stuff in scripture and then I'd go to society and have to like sugarcoat it. And it, it was the way I was taught. Like we got to be I mean, even we, we said this for a long time with the majesty of men, we want to be winsome. We want to, you know, and it's still like, yeah, be as winsome as you can, but we also have to, we also have to acknowledge that the world is going to hate you and you need to fear the Lord more than you fear man. And you will never be winsome enough for that to dynamic to not be at play. And, and so again, I would just say, and maybe I shouldn't even get into this, but this is this is going to be something that we do with, on this show is we we talk about some current events and some some timely things that are happening and apply timeless stuff. Well, this week the SBC just had the meeting, right? The biggest Protestant denomination in this country, and we don't have to get into all that. That could be another show, another time, or something. But but just as a, as an example, as a point of example, of what I'm saying here, um, JD Greer, who I voted for once upon a time because he was he was like what you're saying, like he was one of those like. Uh, Mark Dever, solid guy. J.D. Greer, he's a solid guy, right? He, he checks all the right boxes of things he believes. But we just watched this slow motion train wreck for the last three years of J.D. Greer's leadership and like bowing and, and to, to the cultural zeitgeist and like doing things that were like, what? Like, come on, man, like get a spine and stand strong here. And Well, anyway, on his uh, exit speech, which again, we don't need to get into all this. It's just one little example here. Uh, on his leaving speech, I saw this quote from him where he said, I won't say it exactly right, but basically it was like when the Christians get in bed with politics, we have babies that don't look like our father. And I saw I saw pastors and like men older and probably in many ways greater men than I being like, oh, what a fire quote and all this stuff. And I saw that and I was like, man, that would have worked on me even like five, six in the last decade of my life. That would have worked. I would have been like, oh, that's good. But Praise the Lord, I've grown in understanding to the point where I can say that is ignorant. And we need to be men that aren't afraid to say names and say, J.D. Greer, that is some dumb stuff. You've said a lot of dumb things in the last few years in, in the effort to be winsome to the culture. And that is dumb. It's not only dumb, 
um, it's hypocritical because I mean, I was sitting there, I was thinking, okay, maybe someone should tell them about the ERLC. There's this whole like multi-million dollar branch of the SBC that's all about engaging politics. But, but, and maybe that's why it was so ineffective the last few years. He, he thought it wasn't there. And Russell Moore was just here to get conservatives riled up and talk against Trump or something. But, but anyway, I was just thinking um, the fear of the Lord allows you to look at that and say, no, 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 it's our neglect of politics and our fear of man that has allowed these bad babies that don't look like our father to be made because politics is just your religion played out in the public square. And so that is what it means to like engage things with understanding and just be like, no, that sounds right and noble, but it's not, it's missing stuff. Yeah. And I think as well, it's very important, you know, cause I've been in a Baptist church twice in my life maybe three times. So, you know, it, you know, a lot of guys are like, well, why, you know, Scott, why are you interested in what goes on at the SBC? And it's like, because if you don't, if you don't learn from other men's institutional battles, you're gonna, you're just gonna be like, well, that will never, you know, cause it all, it started with the Methodists. Everyone's like, oh, it's just the Methodists. Just leave them alone. It's like, no, no, no. What happens down there is going to eventually come to your, you know, it's like, oh, they've got an alligator. That's fine. You know, we're, as long as it eats me last. And it's like, well, now it's coming to eat you. And I think it is important to critique other men's institutions. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, brother, that's not very Christian. You know, were you there? Did, do you know these guys? You're not allowed to slander them. It's like, no, no, no. We are watching in real time institutional warfare, institutional subversion, capture, weaponization in real time, you know, of an institution that is supposed to be radically right wing as far as the natural uh, ways of God, uh, you know, because if, if you read off the natural ways of God, like people will call you a Nazi. It's like you're a radical right wing. It's like Christian. Uh, you mean Christian? <laughs> right. So, so we're looking at all these Christian institutions and we're seeing them subverted over, you know, the last 20 years. Uh, but even real time, like you said, you know, it's like, oh, man, in real time, we're seeing institutional warfare happening in front of our eyes. Our, the scales are coming off of our eyes because, you know, just three, four years ago, we would have gone along with this. We're like, oh, he's a great guy and we've got to have a good witness and, you know, we can't be mean. And I think, I think, you know, we're looking for these men of like, give us men of courage who will say no and stand up in these institutions and be like, we don't care what the world says. We don't care how many articles New York Times writes about us. Uh, Christianity Today writes about us. We're going back. We're, we're going back to God's word. We're going back to uh, patriarchy, dominion, uh, no more victimhood. And, uh, you know, you look at, at other guys' institutions, we have to start taking notes. You know, we have to start lending a hand. You know, if you see another Christian man's institution to be subverted, you can be like, hey, man, I'm seeing some stuff there. Like, can we lend a hand? You know, let's get involved in each other's institutions to, to help out. Yeah. And I think with the J.D. Greer comments, the irony is it was dumb, but the irony is that it's exactly what's been happening from his side. If we talk about sides and just get gut level honest where everybody knows what we're talking about here, there's, there's sides, there's always sides and there's sides in the SBC. And I think, you know, if you say things, for instance, like uh, sodomy is evil, abortion is murder across the board, even in extreme cases where the mom, mom's going to lose her life. Okay. Every mother and every father should willingly lay, lay their life down for their child. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. If you say those two things, you're going to be labeled as radical right. You're going to be labeled, labeled as divisive. So if you just take a basic Christian ethic, 
on those two issues alone, you're going to be the alt-right crazy. And, and we've got to be okay with embracing that. Who cares what people think? Here, here's what I think is happening, guys. Let me, let me uh, Tell me what you think about this. If we just break down the character of Christ to two things, lion and lamb, use these metaphors. A lot of guys have done this. I think this is helpful. I've been going through the Gospel of John week by week and showing, and showing us how to learn pastoral ministry from Jesus. And you have these pictures of Jesus who weeps and talks with Mary and Martha, but the Jesus who also, the same Jesus, turns over tables. And what, what ends up happening is a minimization of the, of the character of Christ. When you have a canon within a canon about who Jesus is and what his character is, you have the love your neighbor dominance nonsense, which does anybody agree that we should, should not love our neighbor? We should clearly love our neighbor. But sometimes the best way to love our neighbor is to turn over that table and to make the whip. And so what's happening, I think, is those who believe in a fully orbed Jesus who are approaching things in this world, in clown world, with a fully Christ-like way, from those who have minimized Jesus's character into only the lamb, love your neighbor, they're looking on to those who have this more biblical and more robust version and, and biblical view of who Jesus is, who are trying to walk in his, in his footsteps. And they're saying, you're just mean. You're mean because you're actually being Christ-like. And we're looking, we see that through the gospel of John everywhere, where, where people are picking up stones to kill Jesus. And so if you do that, if you walk in his footsteps, and, and that's what we're, we're, we're saying with this honor God, God group of men is it's a group of men saying, bring on the accusations. We don't, as Tozier says, we're, we're trying to not fear any man that breathes with mortal breath because we fear the Lord and he's in charge of us. We want the honor that comes from God, not the honor that comes from men. And after all, Jesus tells us, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of him before my father in heaven, before the holy angels. And so being ashamed of the word of God is not an option for us. It's just not there. So I, I see these at work and in all the warfare that's going on and these dichotomies is a minimization of who Jesus is. And as, as men, if we actually try to follow our master as, as kings ourselves, then we're just going to walk, we're, we're going to be called all right. We're going to be called racist. We're going to be called all those things. And you know what? Who cares? Right. Well, you know, too, I'll say this. The, both the lamb, you know, picture of Jesus and the lion picture of Jesus are both political. They're both everything. Like they affect every sphere of life. There is no domain or sphere of life, aspect of life that, that God's word and Christ himself doesn't rule over and apply to. Like it affects everything. And so, so, I mean, again, we're just going to sound like we're just beating up on J.D. Greer, but this whole idea of like, let's Christians, let's stay out of politics. Like this is going to be something that we talk a lot about on this is again, politics, like I said a second ago, it's just your religion played out in the public, in the public domain. And, and that's, that's why a secular Darwinistic atheistic world has this like clown religion playing out in front of us. And you are always, at all times, you are uh, putting your morality on society. Somebody is. It's just a question of whose morality. And so you are always legislating a morality. And we have, as Christians, neglected to legislate our morality. And, and because we're trying to be like Jesus the Lamb. Well, Jesus the Lamb is who took authority for Jesus the Lion, you know, to use that that false dichotomy. They are the same. Like, they are... And, and so it's always going to be political. It's always going to affect your society, you know, the, 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 polit the, the politics all around you and all the people. So, yeah, that's good. You know, because I, I think, again, you look institutionally, you know, what is the SBC? It's an institution with enormous power to bear a sword, you know, in, in uh, the norms of society. 
you know so if, if during the lockdowns you know an s the sbc whoever the head of the sbc was had come out and said hey guys you know we think this is a scam you know and besides as christians uh we don't fear death we don't fear disease you know no disease will come now my dwelling that's the christian stance to this thing and so we're gonna as an institution say that is our stance church is open people do your thing uh and we as an institution are willing to go hard into the public sphere that's the 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 offensive uh you know the the bearing the sword kind of leadership that we want you know you look at DeSantis down in Florida people are flocking there not to live in the nice sunshine yes it's nice sunshine there's no taxes you know blah 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 all the nice things no they want a king they want to go live where there's a king who is bearing the sword for righteousness it's the same with any institution if there's a king who is bearing the sword for righteousness people are going to flock to that institution because they see there's a king like Jesus you know, and it's, it's that whole thing, again, an, another analogy is be gentle as doves, but wise as serpents, you know, and so often we're just, oh, we're just a gentle dove, we're just a gentle dove, and it's like, no, we also need to be a wise as a serpent, and kind of like, get some bite. Yeah, it's good. Yep, It is very good. Hey, guys, we, we've been at this for a while. I think this is a great episode. I think it really sets the pace for where we're going to be going for everybody listening in. Thanks so much for, for being here. Go ahead and share this. I mean, th- you guys have heard the names. You got you probably know some of these guys. This is going to be a really helpful show. Go ahead and subscribe, share, let people know about the show. I mean, post it everywhere you can post it. We're on Gab. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Wherever you can, you've got it, share it. Uh, I would love to hear from, uh, from you, Scott, about King Energy before we wrap it up. And then I want to toss it right back to you, Riley, to, to collect your thoughts about Anything else about the Majesty's Man about this show, and then we'll we'll finish this first episode. But let's hear let, let, let's get some King energy. It's already been coming out, but I want to hear about it. Scott, tell us. Yeah, you know, I think you speak to a lot of guys, and they're like, "Oh man, we're just praying for Jesus to come back, brother," or like just waiting for the rapture, brother. You know, and this earth is going to hell in a handbasket. It's like that's all victim slave energy. Like that's victim mindset. You know, so Jesus when he's ascending, you know, I'm sure Peter is over there, like, "Oh God, don't leave me." And, and Jesus is like, Peter, it's better that I go. It's better that I go so that the comforter may come because you're going to be doing some uncomfortable things. You are a king who I am king of. You know, Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Who are the kings that he is king of? It's us. We are the sons, the adopted heirs um, to, to be on earth as the image of Christ. And so, you know, you, you, you've got to drop this energy of like, oh, God, come save me. He already has saved you. So now we, we do what he has asked us to do. You know, so whether that's stewarding creation, whether that's discipling the nations, we have work to do here. You know, it's Adam 2.0. Jesus didn't come to, you know, save us and then take us all, you know, you, you know say the sinner's prayer and then get shot in the head because so many Christians are just living in a, in a current hell because we're not being equipped to crush the devil under our feet here on earth. You know, it's, it might as well just say the sinner's prayer and, and die so you can go to heaven. It's like, no, guys, heaven on earth, Eden 2.0. Awesome. Love it. King energy, baby. Hashtag it. Put it out there. Get it. Don't leave home without it. Get that king energy. All right. Riley, finish it off, man. Yeah, you know, and that's, I want to say this on on that King Energy idea. This is what I love. I mean, about both of you guys and why, Jared, I think also you're just a great, like, person to be heading up this show. Both of you, and really, this is true of every guy in the network. I would I would use this word for every guy we have in the network are just 
undaunted by societal stuff. Like you go at things with positive energy and you're like, let's take this, let's go to battle. And I mean, I think this is true for everyone in the network. This is one of the things that's so amazing and uh, inspiring about the guys in the network and all the guests we're going to have on. You'll see this guys. Uh, These are guys that are just undaunted by the societal craziness out there. And we need more of that as men because we all have the days. I'm pretty high energy. Let's take the world. We're going to take over. But we all have the days where it's just like so much. And you're just like, today I'm discouraged. I need a brother to just like, I need to, I need to tap into his energy today and be like, yeah, that's right. Like we are winning. We are winning. And, and these guys are, are men who are winning in all their domains, their spheres of life, their, their families, they have small like battles that they don't perform perfectly. And we're all learning as we go here, but we need a lot more examples of guys that are willing to come at things with King energy and fight. And even if they don't do it perfect, at least they're trying. Cause I want to learn from the guys who are trying to fight who are trying to take dominion who are trying to do things instead of always being told no 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 that's not good enough well if you're not doing anything don't come tell us it's not good enough right like and this is what's so exciting i'm so pumped for this show and for you know jared for you to be hosting this i think you're great at like rallying guys and coming with that positive energy and scott obviously you are too and so i love the king energy idea and i was going to say this uh most people know, um, I'm going to just name drop the cultural pariah himself, the biggest one. Doug Wilson has wrote, uh, he's a master of application of theology to real world. And uh, he wrote a book a few years ago called Rules for Reformers that just really set me on fire. And uh, Jared, you and I have talked a lot about this. I, I, I finished it and immediately started reading it again because I was like, where has this been all my life? Nobody, nobody speaks like this. And it's a phenomenal book. I'd recommend all of you guys read it. Uh, if you can't afford it, send me a message. I'll buy it and send it to you. But uh, he had a line in there that, you know, he said, it just has stuck with me. And I think about it all the time. And uh, he said, too many of us are always trying to put out the fires that like the lefties start and that the clown world creates. And uh, he said, more of us need to wake up each morning and think, how can I start a fire today that they have to put out? And that's what I want to be about. And I want us to be thinking like that all the time. And and that's what this show is going to be about. Like, let's talk about how we start fires that they have to worry about. And we become people that they look at our families and these godly churches and institutions we're building and, and businesses taking over the city and making everything better and everyone loves it. And they're like, oh, crud, what are we going to do about these guys? And we start some fires that they worry about. And so I'll just, I'll end with this too and say, if you guys uh, want to give input, the audience listening guys, go to themagistiesmen.com. This show will be featured right at the top. You're not going to be able to miss it. I'm going to put a little thing there. If you guys want to ask questions, you want to have input you want us to talk about things invite guests on if you guys have stories of guys that are crushing it in their domains and doing well or standing up against persecution and hardship send those in we want to engage with the audience a lot with this and get a lot of input this is going to be a communal thing that's going to be awesome and so go to themajestiesmen.com you'll see all of that by the time this is posted and so this is going to be fun i'm excited indeed Guys, this is the Majesty Man Show. I've been talking with co-host Riley Both and Scott Tungay. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Jeff. You. Thanks for joining us on the mission with the Majesty's Men. For show notes, go to themajestiesmen.com slash show. There you can also submit questions and suggestions for the hosts. If you're interested in joining the Honor God Network, type in hnr.gd into your browser to learn more and apply. If you appreciate our mission and content and what we're building, we'd appreciate your support. 
Leave us a five-star review where you listen to podcasts so that others can find the show. Financially support our efforts and strengthen the entire network by giving a one-time gift or set up ongoing support at themajestiesman.com slash support. Be brave and share this show and other content on social media to help other men find content and community to reinforce them. Lastly, and most importantly, live what you've learned. Be good. Stay dangerous. Honor God in all you do. We'll see you out there, brothers. Brothers.